Welcome to Jason and the Movie Knots. I'm Jason Sachs. I'm Carlos Rodella. And we are discussing Ant-Man from 2015, directed by Peyton Reed, written by about 50 people, starring Paul Rudd, Michael Douglas, Carrie Stoll, Evangeline Lilly, Barbie Cannaval, Anthony Mackie, Judy Creer, lots of people, Michael Pena, T.I. T.I. makes an appearance and actually is, is a great in this. I actually like his role. <laughs> Uh, and there's a lot of people, and like especially at the beginning of the movie, I started noticing all these people just making like little cameos, mm-hmm. you know, even like some comedians that I liked, like making appearances and just as like bit players or something. Uh, so that was interesting. But like it's interesting, you said it was written by 50 people. Uh, my at the top summary was that it did feel a little messy. And I was telling you before the podcast started, my notes got a little messy. And I think that usually happens when the movie feels a little all over the place at times. So that's interesting. You said it was 50, 50 writers. Well, it's okay. I guess it's officially six writers. Okay. Or, or five writers because Edgar Wright's on the list twice. But it's really like an Edgar Wright movie that's not quite an Edgar Wright movie. You know what I mean? Because mm. it, uh, anyway, so we'll start with our intro as we always do. Yes. Uh, you hadn't seen this movie before. Or no, what was your opinion of it? Yeah, it's the one that I left off the uh, the whole collection of the MCU. I think I've seen every other one at this point. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure I have. And this is why we're rewatching them. But Ant Man originally, I was just like so out. It came out at a time when I was just over Marvel movies in general, right? Superhero movies, and I like Paul Rudd a lot, but I didn't want to see. Like I said before to you off off podcast, I'm just not a big fan of a superhero getting really small and running around. I just it just bothers me for some reason. Let's that, get little. Yay. Yay. Uh, I don't know. And I knew that when you do that, you're going to be a lot of CG, right? Because it's that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's why I was off my list for a long time. And then when we're doing this, there's just so many different little things that interject in the MCU universe and the timeline that I had to see it. And there's another movie coming up soon. This is a long-winded explanation <laughs> to say I, I also met my expectations and I didn't really love it. That's kind of exactly how I felt with this. It's like there are parts of it I really liked, like the parts you were just talking about with the friends and everything. When when Scott first gets out of jail, I like that. And, the, and Paul Rudd's just fun to watch. Yep. But all the superhero stuff, yeah, just like... It wasn't bad. It just kind of left me a little cold. Well, we'll get to it because I think there's something that leads up to a point in the movie where it gets a little hazy. And mm-hmm. that's when I was like, man, maybe you were like, you know, kind of zoning out. And that's why it didn't really, it can't get a great score for me because a movie that does that um, opposite of Black Widow, which we'll talk about soon once you've seen it. And on Two this weeks podcast, it comes up on the, on the schedule. On the timeline like that movie and a couple other movies we've talked about already, it's like, there would be no chance that I'd be zoning out. You know, I want to know every little morsel of what's happening. And this is not that movie. So um, yeah, like you said, and we both alluded to, you know, it's Paul Rudd. He's got a a little circle around him of friends. He's a burglar or a, uh, he's called himself a cat burglar, right? He burgles things. He burgles Um, things theoretically for good, but not really. Yeah. Yeah, it seemed like he was just doing that because that's only like his main skill was. And then he got caught and he went to prison. And so the idea is he's like in and out of prison, has a daughter, 
um, you know, there's a new guy in his ex-wife's life and he's trying to be the dad. So that's kind of a weird tension point. His daughter, by the way, the actress is amazing. I love her. Yeah, she's, she's wonderful. She's so fun and quirky. And uh, in the beginning, he gets her that doll that's like super ugly, but she loves it. I love it, daddy. Yeah. I was like, what? I like this girl's crazy. I like how she idolized her dad too. That's very sweet. Oh yeah. Yeah. The whole movie, like I like that uh, relationship, you know, that, that seems real to me. We're skipping uh, over the very beginning. So Paul Wright has been in jail. Right. And starts with that really funny battle scene where he's he's boxing against this guy who's much bigger than he is. You're like, that guy's going to get his ass whipped. They were setting us up for something and ends up, it's just his pal. And then yep. they're just, they're just, it's just like their way of being friends with each other. And it's like, it, it does kind of undercut your expectations right there. Yeah. Well, then it becomes like, it's going to be this kind of lighthearted movie, right? Mm -hmm. It's not going to be, he's not like other Marvel movies you've seen where he's in the prison and he's going to get hurt and he might get stabbed and, you know, maybe he turns to the life of crime or it's like, no, 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 he's his buddy. And this is this whole kind of thing. When you go to prison, it's, it's okay. Cause his, all of his buddies are, are people who do crimes, mm -hmm. you know? And by the way, I can't, what's that ahead. guy's act, his, his main friend? What's that actor's name? Cause he's so good. And I've seen him in so many movies. You mean Michael Pena? Yes, that's right. Yeah. The Mexican American guy. Yeah. Yeah. The scene of the two of them in the car and stuff. And yeah, my mom died. And my dad got deported. Oh, geez, like that yeah. was just the way he, but I'm still happy. Like, the whole beginning of this movie, that thing you're talking about and the scenes we're going to talk about in a minute, they all made me want to like, love this. I was like, Jason sex is right. Yeah. Yeah. See, this is the thing. Uh, this movie actually, Michael, I'm just looking it up. Michael Pena's parents are from Mexico. So I was correct in calling him Mexican American. This, this movie, like, and this is where I think it's got the Edgar Wright touches, where it's got, like, the pals who are, like, legitimately good friends, right? And then they've got their little jokes and stuff, but you can still relate to them, right? You feel like you're part of their crowd in the very beginning, right? You were talking earlier, too, about how much you like T.I. in this movie. You had no expectations, but he's like, it's just like a good, funny character who's a good friend to the Paul Rudd character. Yep. Yeah, and I think it really quickly goes sideways because, for me, He's got to go do this one, you know, job. He's going to go back and do a job to get kind of back in the life of crime, hopefully get something money wise that can help his daughter or whatever, because he's, you know, low on payments and uh, he's just, you know, a deadbeat. And the fact that he doesn't have a job and he's uh, but he's trying. So he's not really a deadbeat. And he wants to go do this job and they find this job. And the job is basically to get break into the safe. And then when he does, he gets the costume. He finds the Ant-Man costume. But. I think pretty soon after they make it very apparent that it was all planned that um, was it Michael Douglas or Kirk Douglas? It's Kirk Michael Douglas. Douglas. Kirk Douglas is like a hundred years old. By now. Oh, right. But Michael Douglas is old then because he's like as old as what I remember Kirk Douglas is at. Uh, you're right. Michael Douglas. Michael Douglas was born in 1944. Jeez. So he's in the seventies. He had planned the whole thing for, Paul Rudd to get the suit because he he saw something in him, right? So I want to say the 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 did you like the bit where they were like planning the the heist? Because yeah, that was again, like a little bit of like Ocean's Eleven too. to me. Yeah, again, this is why I like the beginning of the movie, <laughs> and I was all in. Yeah, you're right because they're, they're like, "Are you in? I'm in. This is easy." There's a comedy in it, and he breaks up the safe, and yeah, it's all like cool. The bit how he blows off the safe doors and it falls onto a mattress. It's like really clever. Yeah, it all feels good, and it feels like. Got a little comedy touches. You got a little suspense. 
Um, and we did uh, gloss over the very, very beginning of the movie almost lost me because it was Michael Douglas and a CG version of him, mm-hmm. which it's I didn't like. The I same never liked de-aging those. they used in Captain Marvel. Yeah. Yeah. I never liked those. And then that whole scene was basically setting up the fact that he was going to be, uh, he came up with this particle, which is this quantum particle that will make people go small and uh, go into the, you know, smaller sense. So that was in the very, very beginning. So now we're back to Michael Douglas setting this whole thing up. So Paul Rudd becomes Yamian. I think what you're kind of starting to talk about is that when we get Michael Douglas and Evangeline Lilly on the screen, the movie just gets less interesting to you. It sure does. It sure does. Because, and by the way, it starts right there because then they're in, they like recapture him and he's in their house and they're like basically train him. It's like a whole like Rocky scene where- yeah. You know, they show him how to control ants and how they can control ants and that he's got to learn how to fight better. And it just feels corny. Like all of that just feels like I don't care. It feels like we've seen this before in other Marvel movies. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And in, and better. Easily better. And also, this is where I knew that I would have a problem with the smallness and all that whole idea of like small heroes or whatever. The ants are a big part of this movie. They're a really it big doesn't part. doesn't follow that because you can get tiny, you can control the ants. Like that's something they never really explain. Like, okay, they do the, the pseudoscience of, of the shrinking, but they don't really do the pseudoscience of controlling the ants. No, like I think the thoughts and then I have, he had a device in his ear, right? Yeah. Did Paul Rudd have a device on his ear? I can't remember anymore. Maybe it was a suit. It's a suit, it. but like it could just as well have been bed bugs or something he could, could control but bed bug man is a really terrible name yes it is and that's like reminds me of something very creepy um by the way and the other thing on top of that is like why do they put all those ants on the floor when they recaptured him no purpose for that well just because it looks cool it's dramatic he was gonna step on them though it, it just seemed but like they scamper as a way and it yeah yeah, yeah. Anyways, that whole thing goes on for way too long. And then basically the part where I like my ears perked up again is when he, they send him out and he finds out that he's like at the Avenger Institute or whatever. Mm-hmm. And what's his butt? Hawk Falcon. guy? Falcon? Uh, we just he, watched a whole series with him. I know. I always put right down Hawk for some reason. Anthony Mackey. Anthony Mackey has a fight with uh, Ant-Man and that I liked a lot. Like that was fun because I think... It was funny to see a, like an Avenger go like, oh, I can take out this little thing and then not be able to. Yeah, I liked it. Then I started thinking like, why him? Like, where's everybody else? Is no one else hanging out at the mansion why, at, the, at the Avengers, whatever it is? That is Skillian? weird. Yeah. Could, I mean, they probably couldn't afford anyone else. It's a Ford and it's actually movie business bullshit. But it's also, as we, you know, can uh, foreshadow at the very end, you know, he's in some of the end scenes and stuff. So, yeah, right. It's like, hey, you know what's coming next? It's it's a uh, civil war. So civil war. Yeah. So that's why. But Here's you're right. Guy from civil war. They could have had like uh, another adventure somewhere. You know what I mean? Like anybody would have had the same complaint, though. So it's a BS complaint in some way. Well, he, he beats him up and he like, stops him, which I thought was kind of interesting. And then, you know, really, really full on for the rest of the movie is that subplot 
which is becomes the main plot of the guy who takes over Michael Douglas's company, who was really brilliant in House of Cards, mm-hmm. by the way, that actor. Um, and so he's Corey the bad Stoll. guy. Yeah. And he's a bad guy and he wants to basically make, you know, his own version of small people, uh, like miniaturized, you know, weapons, essentially. And he calls them the Yellow Jackets. And that's like the whole second plot, right? That he wants to do this. Yeah, basically the whole third act is that. And that's the part I thought was, again, same old, right? This is Obadiah Stane in, the, in Iron Man 1. Oh, right. Take, trying to take over the business and putting on the suit and fighting with the suit. And all of a sudden, like you go from being, oh, the suit is so cool. It's the only thing like it in the world. Or maybe there's two like it in the world. And now it's just this normal thing. Oh, yeah. Okay, big deal. So we've completely now undercut the whole concept of the Ant-Man suit being unique. Now, I get that they created these yellow jacket suits for for army use. Uh, uh, To your point, why are these suits that make everyone inches an inch or two tall, like a great secret weapon? I don't get that either. Well, they are super strong when they're super small. They said that, right? Like yeah, and okay, like it costs you nothing then to fly people all over the world or something. I don't know. Uh, there's a there's a Kurt Vonnegut novel. Uh, what's the one that has Ice Nine? Kurt Vonnegut novel about Ice Nine. And in the that book, um, he has the Chinese people all shrink themselves as a way of basically reducing their footprint on the earth. Mm. continue like uh reproducing as much as they want because they're only gonna take up a little tiny area of the earth and like i would have much rather seen that sort of idea played yeah played out here because it just seems to me it makes no sense that i get the iron man suits but i don't get the ant-man suits right 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 question for you then uh for the comic book uh side of things yellow jackets are they in the comics no okay that's a kind of complete invention now hank pym was ant-man through a whole convoluted set of stories, he goes crazy, loses his memory, and becomes Yellow Jacket. Oh, he becomes really, he's Yellow just Jacket. another Ant Man. Uh, okay, and but the Wasp is in comics as well, right? Because he said his wife was the original Wasp. Yeah, yeah, Janet was was his wife, and she was the Wasp. And there's another generation of Ant Man who's Scott. I think his his Wasp partner there is Hope who's the eventually a little character. Right, yeah. And they so foreshadowing, them. right? This is who they become in Ant-Man yep. and the Wasp. So uh, let's get back to the fight. So basically we have, let's, I'm just going to flash forward to the ending really kind of, there's a big fight, obviously. What's his butt? Uh, trying to take over the company, uh, make the yellow Dar- jackets. Darren Cross, Corey Darren Stone. jumps in a suit. He's the yellow jacket. Now yellow jacket versus Ant-Man fight, which again, this is where I was like zoning out. Um and then I, I don't like the the C plot, let's call it, of like the other guy, the was it the new husband or something, or the new boyfriend who uh, is dating his ex-wife, who is also a cop. I like hate that plot. I hate that idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like too perfect. Like, I don't like him. And I also can arrest him. Terrible. Like uh-huh. terrible. So, but he's like going after him this whole time, like always trying to find Paul Rudd. And uh, finally, because he has to deal with it, you know, Ant-Man escapes the cop car again and literally has to, like, fight to save the day. And the other guy finally, like, gives it up to him. He's like, okay, fine. You know, I see you're being a superhero now. 
you did skip the most fun part, which is the Ant-Man and the and Yellow Jacket fighting on top of the kids' train tracks. And oh, the Thomas yeah. the Tank Engine train comes down on him. Yeah, that and was interesting. The, the fun little bit where the train looks like it's going to crash right into Scott. And instead, it's because it's a piece of shit, piece of wood, just like lands over him. And then it grows and smashes through the door. Yeah, I like that it's the in, in the real world. I like that, you know, it's on, on the car afterwards, all smashed up. That's cool. That's um, cute, right? I can, but yeah, it's cute, but there's just so much CG. Like this whole movie is a CG fest, you know? It's like these little CG moments. Um, now, I know what you're talking about there because you're talking about practical effects versus CG effects. Yeah. And yeah, it, it's a little too much CG, especially at the very end. Oh yeah, Iron Man feels like he's disappearing into this microcosmic micro universe. Oh, that's the fairy variant. Well, we'll get that. We'll get to that. Before that, I want to say I put a couple asterisk things down. One, I love the scene where his friends are in that truck and then they meet the cops and they go back it up, back it up, back it up, back back it up. up. and he keeps doing. That's like a comedy bit. Like uh-huh. that's pretty gold. And he's no, 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 back it up. He's like keeps going even though they're already pretty far away. I like that a lot. The other thing I wrote down here is during all that action scenes and, you know, you know, miniatures fighting, essentially. Um, I remembered if I had been seeing this in a theater at that point, there's very few times it's happened to me, but I just can't, this is a little bit of a tangent. You remember that you ever having that feeling when you've been in a movie theater, you flashback a year and a half ago or something, <laughs> and you didn't like the movie but the movie was like had another half to go or like, you know, it was just three halfway or three quarters of the way through. And you felt like I can't leave. Cause I don't think I've ever left a movie maybe once. So, and I already got my popcorn or maybe I'm with somebody. So we're not leaving, but I feel like bad about my decision. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's yeah. how I felt. And you can't go, you can't look at your cell phone either. Cause it's rude to everyone else. Right, right, right. Like but you can't at home. If you're home, like it's the moment where you pick up your phone, and you're like, okay, what's going on in my Twitter feed while you're half watching the movie, right? In the movie theater, you just can't do that. Right. So and then main... it's like, I'm now trapped for the next hour just sitting here. Trapped and mad. Like sometimes I get like, I'll be like mad at myself. What's situation. wrong with me? Why did I pick this? Yeah. Or well, why I couldn't didn't... I have gotten here five minutes earlier so I could have seen the other movie? It's such a weird feeling. Anyways, I was feeling that feeling at home watching those like, the last three quarters going like, I don't, it's like 20 minutes to go. I don't really want to. <laughs> so that's not a good sign for it. And then yes, to your point. Yeah. He goes, finally goes to the quantum world, which I'm a big quantum physics guy. I love that stuff. He's only there for a second. He bullshit escapes because that would technically not be possible. Even though he uses little special orb that turns things bigger, it shouldn't have happened. He shouldn't have been able to escape quantum. Like yeah. That, but it, it's setting up the third movie really. Right. Yeah, I know. And then, oh, by the way, they have the great reenactment scene at the very end where I love that they did this twice in the movie where the one guy, Michael Pena or whatever, Mm -hmm. he says a story in his voice and then it shows everybody else doing the reenactment of it. Including Stan Lee. Including Stan Lee. That's the second time they do it. And Stan Lee says, yeah, she was crazy, stupid, fine (laughs) about a girl. (laughs) So that was really good. Michael Pena's voice. Yeah, you You did mention the Garrett Morris cameo too. He played Ant-Man on an old episode of Saturday Night Live. So oh. it's like a nice little shout out there. Nice. Yeah. And then we get the couple different credit scenes. We get the Wasp, obviously. Hey, you sh- here's the costume. No shit. Mm-hmm. And then we get Captain America, you know, 
Bucky Barnes, all that stuff going like, well, hey, it's gonna come up soon. Total non sequitur too. Yeah, it doesn't yeah, it doesn't even not even close to like meaning anything to the movie. So, so that's like, how I feel. I guess to me it's like two movies. The part that there's a part that I really liked in which I'd seen more, which was which was Scott and his friends. Yep, me too. Yep. And again, that feels like Edgar Wright to me. This feels like Zombieland or something. Mm-hmm. And and that's the movie I wish they'd made. That would have been like a Guardians type movie. Yeah. And then the other half of it is like super generic to me. It's exactly it. Because you're right. Because like in the beginning, I felt like, oh, this is what Jason was talking about. Like it is its own little enclosed movie and little world, you know? And I don't need to really see the Avengers. Funny enough, they start sticking the Avengers in, although it's not much. Yeah. And it, and I don't need it in this movie, you know? Like they could have been going and stealing something else, you know? They don't need to introduce those people. I like Paul Rudd a lot. Yeah, who doesn't? Right. I mean, he's he's just great in this role. He's obviously a good leading man as an actor. Super just even when he's not being funny, he's just a really entertaining guy to watch. Yep. Again, I, know like, I, I wanted to see him do more Chris Pratt sort of things than just this exactly, thing. exactly. But just talking it out, I know exactly what the score is for this. I know exactly what it is. It's perfect. Let's, let's go to scores. Five. Yeah, I'd say it's a five. It's Maybe half five point five. It's because I like I like the the friend stuff a little more. Uh, you know, I like the friend stuff a lot. But yeah, five, five and a half. That's that's about where I put it. Because you you go like the front half and the back half of the movie, right? Mm-hmm. And you go, I enjoyed this for a while, and then I was like zoning out. So that's literally half and half. So so we're saying it's average. Oof, it's almost for me. It's almost four point five. Okay. But you, and you said it's almost five point five for you, but I'm yeah, still I'd go, gonna. I go five point five just because, because I like the I, I like the scene with the friends, and I like the daughter, and I like I believe that scene, and she's feeding the ant at the end, which is funny, the big she's, ant. Yeah, she's a setup for the future Young Avengers movie too, where she eventually becomes the Avenger herself. She gets growth powers. Oh, she does. I didn't yeah. know. Yeah. So there's they a just... comic where she called Young Avengers, where she's friends with like um, the Vision of Scarlet, which is son, a few other folks. Not that actress. I'm sure probably someone else. Well, she might be old enough by the time it happens. The Hawkeye series introduces the, the, um, the new Hawkeye, who's also part of that team. So they're clearly heading in that direction. Yeah. Well, okay. Uh, I don't so know. next time, Captain America Civil War. Yep. And then we'll do Black Widow after that because that's where it falls chronologically. Yes. I saw Captain America Civil War in the theaters and I liked it okay. I thought it was a little contrived. So I'm going to say I'm going to give it a seven. I saw it in the theater as well. I think I'm really tired of those characters and it's unfortunate because we, you know, watched them for a whole other series. <laughs> so I like, I don't want to go back to that. I really don't want to revisit it right now. It's bad timing. That's all I'm saying. So I think I'm going to give it a six. Okay. I'd be surprised if it gets higher than that. Um, and then I already know what I'm going to give Black Widow because I've seen it. Where can people find you? TikTok.com slash a lot of things comedy. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and leave a positive rating on iTunes. Thanks, Carlos. Thanks.